Coming up on this episode of Up for Debate, we're talking video game controllers from joysticks to D-pads, A buttons to B buttons. Stick around as we talk about everything video game controllers and learn how you can win an exclusive Up for Debate tote bag. It's all coming up now on a brand new episode of Up for Debate. This is Up for Debate, episode number 75, recorded February 23rd, 2017, Video Game Controllers. I couldn't come up with anything more clever than that. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate. I am I am uh, Sean Jennings, joined as always by a man who I think might have just fallen over, but we have no video to prove it. It's Mr. Matt Mariani. Are you okay there, Mr. Matt? <laughs> nope. Okay, I, I just knocked my camera over. I got really excited. I wanted to go grab my exclusive Up for Debate tote bag because I just remembered it when you mentioned it. I want to show the folks at home. You, can, you too can win this glorious tote bag. Well, we can't see it because your camera's off. There we go. Let's... Oh, it it's well In the fall, it must have collapsed. <laughs> you, you, you broke the visual medium. Okay. Well, you'll ha I don't have mine with wall. me, but you'll have to take... Uh, oh, there we go. There it is. Can you see it? Yes, we can see it. It's a little grainy. It, it looks much yes. better in person. But there we go. It's got the logo on it. It's got the website on it. It's a nice material. I mean, it's it's, it's thick material. We're not, we're not fooling around. I was I was at the gym earlier, like I was telling Sean before. I was working out at the gym because I go to the gym now, and I brought all of my gym clothes in this in the tote bag, the up for debate tote bag. Did I mention I go to a gym? Yeah, no, Matt, we heard you, but you once again, I, and I'm gonna feel like I'm doing this a lot tonight. I'm gonna have to remind you, no one can see you, so we we can't we can't verify at all that you've yeah, been going to the I, gym. I don't know. People can see my physique, but oh, this is true. I'm wearing a sh actually today. I'm wearing a shirt that's a little <laughs> too small for me. So actually, I do look a little ripped. Today. Suck on that, Matt. Um, All right, I really need to. <laughs> well, you were saying you go to the gym to. to I really get... need to fix the situation. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's. We got to brainstorm some tech support for you. But yeah. in the meantime, as I mentioned off the top, we're giving away an up for debate tote bag. Matt, would you like to know how you can win? I would definitely like to know. Well, you can't win because you already, uh, I mean, have, I already one. have one. Yeah, no, you can't I can win. Always, I can always have one to give one away as a gift, you know? You, know so. you could put the other one in the one you already have. No, Matt, you can't win, but everyone at home can. Here's how you can win. It's easy. All you have to do is submit an episode topic to the show that Matt and I can use to talk about because today's topic was submitted by superfan Dan Miller, and some of our best episodes have come from ideas that we haven't come up with that someone else submitted. So it's easy. We don't even have to use your idea. As long as it's not terrible, we'll at least enter you into the drawing to win. And here's how it's going to work. We're going to give it about, what as is it? As long as it's not terrible. As long as it's not We'll judge how terrible it is. So we'll give you about two weeks till March 9th. And we'll remind people next week as well. Send us your ideas any way you want to send us. Fine. You can call the phone number. You can hit us up on Twitter at UpForDebateTV. You can email us UpForDebateTV at gmail.com. You can comment on Facebook. Wherever we are, let us know your episode topics um, and if you submit one, you'll be entered into a drawing to win a tote bag. Compliments of Up for Debate. Yeah, and just so you know, we I mean, it can be about pretty much anything, almost, not anything, but almost anything. As We've <laughs> talked about a, a broad, um, kind of a pretty broad spectrum of things on this show, if, you, if for those of you who are loyal listeners. Everything from breakfast to the Super Bowl to Weird sandwiches. To the ocean, we made our own sports. baseball team. You know, they, there's, yeah, we made our own minor league baseball team. We uh, we've we've uh, talked about holidays. We've talked about pretty much a, like that's and that's I think that's really um, what Sean was getting at is that you know we, we're pretty good at coming up with stuff, but I mean we've come up with a lot of things and. Uh, now it's your it's your guys' but, chance but, to let us know what you want us to talk about. Well, for example, one of my favorite episodes we ever did was the Uninventors, where we uninvented things, and that was a fan submission as well. So, um, yeah, some of the best things have come from you, the people. 
on 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 Facebook. See, this is the problem is the only people who watch the show are friends of mine and yours. But a coworker of mine, John Pedrotti, commented on Facebook his episode idea, and it's an inside joke in the office, so I don't think anyone will get it. Uh, Matt, what would you say is the natural enemy of root beer? Dr. Pepper. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. We've been debating this one for a long time. Uh, or birch beer. I don't know. Birch beer is no pretty good. No drinks birch beer. That's, that's a little more niche, isn't it? I, I don't well, even know where I'm you buy it anymore. Lord, it's, it is birch beer. I've confirmed it. It's birch okay. beer because both of them are, are roots. Or like root beer is, is from a tree and yeah. birch beer also comes from a tree and they have to compete with each other for resources. What, like the sun and the water? Exactly. And soil. Anything that they that a tree, a healthy tree needs. Right? I'm pretty sure that's true, right? Birch beer comes from a birch tree. I, I, I believe it's true, at least. Matt, maybe we should save I this think. for our upcoming episode on soda. Because I are would we, like to know as well. Are we episode where we talk about natural enemies? We could. I don't know how we would even begin to cover that topic. Hmm. No clue. But if you come up with a way... I mean, I, I just did it right there. I, I came up with a reason that the birch beer is natural enemies of the root beer because they both compete for resources. I, hang on. I'm getting a little bit thirsty here. I'm, I'm going to be right back. I, I said beer too many times, and it's kind of like Beetlejuice where you say it three times and it appears. Uh, all right. Well, the thing is, Matt, we can't see if you leave, so we'll just, you know, just be quiet for a That's while right. and... Okay, while All Matt's right. doing that... Maybe while I'm gone, you can introduce our, our topic. For that's exactly what I'm going to do. Thank you, Matt. Matt's going to get a beverage. While he's doing that, I would like to introduce all of you to what we're talking about this evening. Before I do that, I want to remind everybody, if you're watching us live on Facebook, thank you. We're live on Facebook most Thursday nights, roughly six, uh, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central at Facebook.com slash TV. If you're watching live, you can call in. We got the phone number 508-644-TECH. That's 508 644 Two, four, give us a call. Give us your thoughts live on the air. Today, we are talking video game controllers. This was another fan suggestion from our uh, uh, Up for Debate super fan, Dan Miller, who, um, interestingly enough, this past weekend, he went ahead. See, Matt, you don't have a camera, so you can't see my, my prop this evening. He he sent me one of these in the mail. Look at that, Matt. Can you? Isn't that, isn't that good looking? I can't see anything, Sean. I, <laughs> I can't even see your face. Maybe I should turn the lights on. That would be helpful. That's a good idea. Yes. Oh, wow. Does that look familiar to what you? What a beauty. What a beauty. That I is, sure can see that. That is a GameCube controller right there, Matt. And uh, they still make them. You can buy new ones, like out of a box, which is weird to me. But I was I think that's a... Oh, yeah, yeah. Keep going. No, I was just going to say, I was commenting to Dan, like, I couldn't decide if this was a good controller or not. And that's where the idea Whoa. for this episode came in, because I'm All really right. conflicted. I'm really, really happy we started here, actually. I'm very happy we started with this one. Um, I was probably going to save this for later in the episode, but since you you brought out the GameCube controller right away, yeah. can I just tell you, I didn't own a GameCube growing up. Mm -hmm. um, during that generation of consoles, I was an Xbox kid, mm -hmm. but the GameCube, the Nintendo GameCube controller, I think is the perfectly the most perfectly designed controller for human hands. I I love the GameCube controller. I can't say enough good things about it. I, I think it really is a, a masterpiece on on behalf of Nintendo. I think they really made a great controller. It, it's so it's just so good. What? Yeah. I think it's huh? the best controller ever made. Okay. No doubt about it. Why? All right, so what I want you to do is I want you to, to hold that controller in your hands okay. as if you were playing a game. Sure. Okay? Yeah. Rest your thumb button on yep. your right hand on the A button. Yeah, okay, I'm doing that. Yeah. And just just acknowledge how every other button is with within like fractions of centimeters away from your thumb. Yeah, but... But Matt, that's, that's just so. That's every controller. So comfortable. That's but no, but it's, it's 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 done in such a way that it's 
it's asymmetrical, but it makes sense at the same time. Like that B button is just slightly to the bottom right. Like it feels so good. It's just everything is just where it should be. No, I mean, Matt, look, I will give you credit. I don't think it's a bad controller. You got to remember, the GameCube controller, to my knowledge, was the first to do offset uh, joysticks. Yeah. Which, of course, the Xbox still does today. Um, Which uh, I we're going to have a debate on that in a second, whether you prefer the the parallel or the offset. But um, and I agree with you. A lot of the buttons make sense. But a lot of them don't, you know, when you think about it. First of all, the fact that there's only one trigger button, the Z button, instead of doing um, a left and a right is Wait. an odd choice. No, there, there, there's a left and a right. What are you talking no, no, about? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant the, the purple button right above the um, the left and right trigger, the Z oh, that's, button. Yeah, that's where the Z button is. Yeah, the Z is, button's a little bit odd, but very I'll, odd. I'll explain that. All right. So on, on the top part of the controller, all right, in the rear, you have left trigger and right trigger. Yeah. Um, now these triggers, the beauty of those is that they have, they have, um, the dual press. Yeah. I was going to say they have dual press or like different levels of sensitivity. So like you can, you can actually press them. Um, and sometimes that's actually referred to, I think is L3 and R3 or am I thinking of, I might be thinking of the place. Yeah, you are. Yeah. But anyway, like where the where the R1 button would be on your PlayStation controller is where you have your um is where you have the Z button. And the Z button rocks because the Z button is what? In most games, at least in my in my experience, the Z button is a toggle mechanism. It's not really used for um like any sort of major game mechanic. It's used used main, mainly to toggle. Like for example, um, to toggle different modes. The example I'm going to give is like in, in any of the James Bond games, that Z button was used to put like, like a silencer on your gun or take a silencer off your gun, or it was used to turn an automatic weapon into a semi-automatic, sure. but it was sure. never, it, it never like, you didn't press that button to shoot or change weapons or do something really important like that. It was just like, like kind of, it would be the button that you would use for your flashlight if you had a flashlight. Yeah, no, Matt, I don't, I, look, I think there it has a lot going for it, and and I would it say sure for me, I, I I think you could make an argument. It partially partially defined modern controllers as we use them today. I think GameCube should and does get a lot of credit for that. However, it has a lot of I believe has a lot of flaws. First of all, I I pointed out my displeasure with the Z button, but I would also say that the the two joysticks not being identical I think is annoying and a problem. Um, I think, while I agree that it's nice having all the buttons up in the, the A, B, X, Y buttons up in the corner, um, I don't like the asymmetrical layout of those buttons. I like prefer like the Xbox, for example, where they're in an even predictable pattern. I don't think you really gain anything by having them in this format. Um, and I don't actually like the dual press trigger buttons. I think it's a, a confusing mechanism, and I think it frankly just makes more sense to have two buttons. Um, I don't... I think when you're you're playing a game quickly and you're it's it's a it's a difficult mechanic to follow through on. So I, I, it's a decent control. I'm not I'm not prepared yet to call it the best ever. But I have I to, totally disagree. Well, I mean, all right, it, it, we'll we'll start with it in in terms of the asymmetrical um, con, uh, joysticks, the asymmetrical yeah. sticks. Yeah, of okay. course. You know, PlayStation uh, uh, was one, I believe the f- the very first. I don't think GameCube gets that credit to have two joysticks, but they've chosen and continue to this I day th- to have them parallel with one another. Whereas the Xbox and the the GameCube, of course, have chosen to have them offset. I think you. I mean, we we might want to check that one because I think you might be thinking of the like the mainstream consoles, but I'm pretty sure one of the Sega systems had had asymmetrical joysticks. I can't remember if it was the Saturn or the Dreamcast. I think it was the Dreamcast. Uh, the Dreamcast only had well, that, one joystick. That, that definitely, I think that definitely had two joysticks. I'm looking I'm at sure. a, I can't remember if they were parallel. I'm looking at a button right now. I'm looking at a picture of it right now, Matt. It only has one joystick. For Was that the Saturn or the... the, the maybe the Genesis. Try the, the, the Genesis. The Genesis only had one. I'm telling you. Here, I'll put it up. Try the Dreamcast. I, uh, Matt, I just... Here, it's up on screen for the folks Try at home. I feel like one of them had two joysticks. Or you I could it, be misremembering. You, you are misremembering. I didn't own any of this. 
systems either. No, and by the way, the original Sony PlayStation controller didn't have joysticks at all. It actually was the second version of that that added it um, in 1997. Of the PlayStation? Yeah. That is true, yes. Um, I, I have a, still back at Sam's house, I have, an, I have an original PlayStation controller and the DualShock that came out a little bit later. Um. Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, the Saturn uh, only had a D-pad; it didn't even have a, a joystick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the the debate of having—I know a lot of friends who like it one way. I know a lot of people who like it the other. Um, you know, I will just state for the record, um, I don't care. <laughs> Which I think may be the first time I've ever said that in the history of this show, 75 episodes in. Um, I honestly don't think it makes a big difference. I like the PlayStation controller. I like the Xbox controller. I, to, to me, I don't find a massive difference in playing it one way or the other. If you had a gun to my head and made me choose, I would choose Offset, the, the Xbox uh, style. But I, I'm not one of the people who thinks it makes a big difference. I don't know about you, Matt. I mean, no, I, I, I think that most consoles generally have done a good job with their controllers, with the exception, like most, most mainstream consoles, with the, with the exception, I think, of the N64. I mean, yes, I do have fond memories of the N64 controller, um, but I don't really think it was, it was – there were good memories. I think the N64 controller was, was, was needlessly complex. I, I don't think it needed to be – I think it was really more stylistically chosen than for, for convenience, um, for, for practicality. It was more like a stylistic thing. So, uh, I, I well, I want to talk about the N64 controller for a second since you brought it up. So, one of the reasons Dan suggested we do this episode is because I made a controversial comment to him about the N64 controller. And that comment was that I love it. I wow. love the N64 controller. For somebody who likes sim- symmetry, are you kidding me? That's like the most asymmetrical controller you can possibly have. And do, do you know why I like it, Matt? Why do you like it? Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's the stu- it's just it so doesn't, it doesn't make it sense. looks like it's designed for people with with three hands. Yes, it's, it's exactly. It's bizarre what they were thinking. That's what I love about Nintendo, and we'll talk about the Wii at some point this evening. But what I love about Nintendo is they just don't give a fuck. They'll just do whatever they want. If it makes no sense, they'll do it if they think it's right. And the N sixty four controller is a prime example of something that doesn't make any sense. But the best part is it kind of worked. Like it wasn't bad. No, no, I don't think anyone out there is going to challenge and say it didn't work or, you know, it it was what it was, but it, it was just... We made it work. I think we made it work. Humanity made it work. And I, I, I think it's endearing. I think it's, of course, you know, also the, the sort of retro sort of nostalgia factor for it. Um, I, I think it's I think it's great. I, I, I stand so by the cool. N64 controller. I admire uh, games like Pokemon Stadium and Mario Party, because they really got their money's worth. They made people get their money's worth out of the N64 controller. They made people like use that controller in ways that I don't even think Nintendo imagined. I'm just thinking specifically in Pokemon Stadium, like the mini games where you had to flick the Ekans, but and you had to you had to like flick the joystick, and if you flicked it too hard, the Ekans would go too far, and too light, the Ekans would not go far enough, and um, then you had another game where you had to mash L and R and, and that was, those kind of games were all over Mario party. Um, well, yeah, and, but they, they really, they really got, they, they, they had the, the audience get their money's worth. Well, and give credit where credit's due. I mean, they, while they weren't the first to put a joystick mixed with D pad and buttons and, you know, not just an Atari style joystick, um, they were the ones, I think, who made it mainstream enough that PlayStation and Nintendo and those guys could go and do it, or uh, Xbox could yeah. do it. What really perplexed me was the the presence of both the D-pad and the C buttons. They, yeah. they almost served they almost served a, a, the same function. And you had games like um, games like Ocarina of Time or or Majora's Mask or like any of the Legends of Zelda games um, where the, the C button featured actually quite prominently the C button was extremely important because mm-hmm. that's where you put your um basically your hotkeys for all your items 
Um, I don't really remember what the. I don't think the D pad did anything. I think the D pad just kind of sat there useless. Again, it it seems to me like a controller designed to be used by three people at once. One person uses the D pad, one person uses the button, and the other person uses the joystick. Yeah, it's very it's it's just it's bizarre. It's now, just what I, weird. What I did appreciate, I will say, what I do appreciate about the N sixty four controller um, is the Z button on that. I think was located in a perfect clutch position. Mm-hmm. I think if it was located anywhere else, it would be a hindrance, but because it was almost like a trigger mm-hmm. on the back of the controller. Yes. Uh, for games like golden eye or perfect dark or any perf- uh, first person shooter. Um, that was a, that was a pretty cool, pretty cool place to have it. Um, I agree with but that. I guess getting away from, from that controller, uh, my other least favorite controller, probably my least favorite controller of all time, and, and I think is probably the most despicable of all controllers. Oh, boy. Um, this would have to be, and some people love it. It's, it's, it's really a love-hate relationship um, with anyone who's ever come in contact with it. I would say this, it's got to be the, the Duke. You remember the Duke? The what? The Duke. The, what? the Duke was a nickname given to the the original Xbox, um, the controllers oh, that the were huge sold one. with the console, that that ginormous one. Yes, yeah. they were they were given the they were given the moniker of the Duke by um, by by fans and haters alike um, when the first Xbox debuted in the in the mid two thousands. Really, the like the early early to mid two thousands. Yes, the Duke. Uh, I remember I when I owned an Xbox. Um, I was shocked, literally not not like not shocked, surprised. I was literally shocked, like electrically shocked by the Duke, multiple <laughs> times, <laughs> while using. Especially if I had a wool blanket. I remember a particularly rough time when I had a wool blanket across my lap. I was playing on one, on a Saturday morning before Little League one day. I was playing The Simpsons Road Rage. And all of a sudden, like a hot bolt of lightning went through the controller. And I kid you not, I could actually see the bolt oh my zap God. me in the thigh. Like, and and it, like, it left, it left a, a, a mark. It left a, a pretty sizable mark for about, you know, like four or five minutes. Left like a, almost like a pinprick. Um, but yeah, that, that was just a, that was just a bad controller for a plethora of reasons. Uh, it, you know, it didn't, didn't fit human hands unless you're Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> you had a, you had a white button and a black, black button. button. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there was white, white button and black button. And that was kind of in lieu of your ancillary buttons, like your Z button, mm-hmm. um, or your C buttons. There was white and there was black, which I thought was interesting. But I mean, we're now we're gonna well, like you're used to buttons being named after letters, and now you're gonna throw colors in there, and I don't know. Well, but hang I, on though. I call well, no, because the Super Nintendo had colored A, A, A B X Y buttons. Yeah, well, all right. The buttons were colored, but they weren't known by their color. They were known by their name. You know, like AB, and I, like I don't, I don't fault, I don't fault the Xbox for it. I just, it was an interesting concept, but ultimately the buttons were just too small. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they were like little, almost these little gemstones on the on the controller, these little beads, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I was not very comfortable with those. They they didn't they didn't stick out. They weren't like three dimensional like most buttons are used to on a controller. They were very, very much pressed into the controller itself, embedded. Mm-hmm. If you will. Yeah. No. I. I. I mean. Oh. Yeah. You gotta remember, Microsoft not a not a hardware company really at this time. This was. Yeah. I mean, they made like mice and keyboards, I think, but this was really their first sort of mass market consumer product, and they were clearly not Are very we, good at it. I, I definitely credit, and and this is a, a fact that generation, PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. Do you know of those three? Which one was the best seller? I don't. Which one moved the most consoles? I couldn't. It was it was by 
by leaps and bounds, actually, it was the PS2. Yeah, that sounds right. And I definitely, I mean, I credit that to A, the PS2 premiering years ahead of the GameCube and then eventually also the Xbox. Mm-hmm. But also, I think the the simplicity of its controller. I think of the three, it was really the most practical controller. It wasn't my favorite. My favorite was the GameCube um, in terms of controller, but the um, just the like the simplicity of it. The uh, I mean, I'm, I'm holding right now. I'll flip the camera back on so everybody can see. I'm holding right now a PS4 controller. This is the PlayStation 4, the current generation of PlayStation. This is the controller that I game on when I play on Steam, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this controller really hasn't changed at all, um, with the exception of the addition of, of the, the star. This is the new start button. And the trackpad, yeah. And this is the trackpad. And this was just added this generation, but... PS3, PS2, and PS1 have all kind of had the same basic controller. And I, I really credit that to the simplicity and practicality of its design. It's really like – it's kind of like the vanilla ice cream of controllers. It's, it's great. Um, it's the, it's the kind of like the gold standard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little boring, but it's very reliable for sure. Um, Although I, I do have to ask one really important question. Um, which is, what is up with the shapes buttons? The triangle button and the square button and the O button and the X button? Like, that's weird. That is a good question. That, 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 Uh, you know, letters make sense. Colors make sense. Shapes, kind of weird. I never understood that. I didn't, I didn't necessarily agree with that. I agree with everything else you said. That is... A, an absolutely fantastic controller. I still think uh, PlayStation. There, there's a reason why they haven't changed it. I don't. I don't think you can can beat it. Beat it with the uh, with the style. Just comfortable in the hand, easy to use. Um, it just it just made sense. But I don't um, get the shapes. Just and this is just me. Um, I, I'm. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm just going here, but PlayStation is a Japanese, or rather, okay, by Sony, the letters on controllers, well, I guess that doesn't work, because Nintendo, maybe maybe Sony wanted to go global, Yeah. whereas Nintendo was really kind of just focusing in on um, Japan and on, like, the United States. It's the two biggest markets, uh, you know, the original NES and then Super NES debuted. Um, maybe Sony really saw itself as more of like a worldwide company. Sure. Um, and shapes are something that is rec- are recognized worldwide. They don't that have makes to be sense. translated. Um, you know, so if, you, if they sell it in other regions, you know, like the Middle East or, or in Russia or Africa, like areas where they don't use the, the traditional Latin alphabet. Um, even yeah, places like China, like shapes are universally recognized. Sure. Whereas those letters, letters are not. Though I still stand um, by colors are better. Colors. Yeah, but what if you're colorblind, or what if your consumers are colorblind? Damn you, Matt. Damn you. <laughs> you should be designing controllers. What are you doing here? I know. I, I it seems it really seems like I'm I'm kind of missing my my calling here. Yeah. Wasting your time um, educating America's youth. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, I, I do remember hearing a story. I watch a lot of a lot of videos about this these kind of things. And uh, I remember hearing a story somewhere. I don't know if it was on Kotaku or one of those similar websites where they talked about the design of the PlayStation controller and the different shapes symbolize different um, – like when they when the PlayStation was originally conceived, like the idea for the controller was being hashed out, they I think they really just wanted two buttons. Mm-hmm. They wanted a button where you, your character could respond yes, and a button where your character could respond no. Mm-hmm. So that there you have the circle and the the X, the circle for yes and the X for no. 
Um, eventually, they realized that they needed more than just the two buttons. So they came up with, I remember that they're saying they wanted a button where you can control your character's point of view. And they so they came up with the triangle button because the triangle, it's kind of almost like an arrow. Sure. And in, the, in the beginning, it actually was referred to as the arrow button. And then people started getting confused with the D-pad. So they, they, they changed the name to the triangle button. Makes sense. And that represents like your character's viewpoint where like you basically would would um change camera from the third person to the first person mm -hmm. and that triangle was kind of like would triangulate your point of view mm -hmm. and like you know, have you look in a certain direction from the character's eyes i don't remember the story with the square <laughs> they just needed a fourth shape maybe they wanted to make it symmetrical yeah i i don't really know i the square i i, I well, it's forget. really interesting yeah. i did not know any of that um. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great controller. Um, oh yeah, if anybody out there remembers the story of the, uh, you know, you want to want to want to end that story, uh, tell us what the square means. That call would be in great. now. We we can solve this right here, right now. Five zero eight six four four T E C H. That's five zero eight six four four eight three two four is the phone number. Um. Yeah, you know, Matt, I, I want to give credit to a controller that I'm a particular... Actually, I'm, we're going to go back in time because I want to talk about two controllers I'm, I'm particularly fond of. And one of those is the Super Nintendo controller. Now, a little before our time, I'm sure you have seen them around now. And I think you got to give them credit because they, I, for me, they really brought to the forefront two pieces of controller technology that we still use today, and that's the colored XY, AB buttons and the trigger buttons. And they were one of the first to have both a left and a right trigger above the controller. They called them shoulder buttons at the time. Um, and to bring that element to it brought another, you know, more buttons gives you more options, of course. Um, and I, I, I think for its simplicity, um, I, I don't know. There's just something about that controller that, that grabs me. Mm. Not the most interesting one, but I like it. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's pretty. It, it, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a bad controller by any means. It, it is it is truly a, a fantastic piece, but I mean, it is a little bit bland. Well, it, they were new to controllers, Matt. They didn't need so many <laughs> buttons. They didn't need all the buttons we need. We have today. No, definitely not. They they got the job done. The one, one complaint I will have, okay. Mm -hmm. I I do have a complaint about the Super Nintendo controller with um the start buttons, start and select. Mm -hmm. Like a, I feel like select really didn't do all that much. I I don't no. really understand even today why there's a select button, and I think it it started a bad precedent where you started adding back buttons. To controllers mm -hmm. and the back button really served no purpose mm -hmm. I, I don't remember ever using it um because you usually had a had a button you know one of the one of the primary buttons that, that served as as the back option mm -hmm. like for example the playstation the circle was very frequently your back option mm -hmm. or triangle was your back option it was really yeah really just between those two circle or triangle um in uh, and I don't know, I don't know how they decided this, but in um, yeah, on the Nintendo sixty four, the B button was often your back button. Uh, even on the Super Nintendo, where the where the back button existed, yep. you had X could be your back button or Y. Like you really never needed a back button, so I don't know. It set a bad precedent for like that space really didn't didn't need to be used, but now, um. It led to. I'm looking at my my PS4 controller, and it led to the, these buttons here. You have options and share are oh. the two kind of the two um, buttons in the middle of the controller, mm -hmm. like right on on either side of the either side of the trackpad. Mm -hmm. um, and and options is really start. Like any game I've ever played, you'd start. They don't need to call it options. They could have just called it the start button. Mm -hmm. Um, but the share button doesn't do anything just like, just like any back button. It's just there. I think really just for symmetry. Yeah. It's hard once you put a button on there to get rid of it. They, they don't like to cut back on buttons. They only like to add them. Um, and, yeah. and I agree for the most part, they don't, 
you know, I didn't actually, I don't think it's bad that they converted one of them into a share button because that's a, a new functionality game consoles didn't used to have. Um, and it's uh, something you might want an immediate button for. So, you know, that makes sense. But just to have buttons there that historically haven't served a purpose. I agree. I, you know, cut back. I don't, I mean, what was it? They, they keep wanting to add more triggers and stuff to these controllers. You can overcomplicate them for sure. Yeah. Um, but when you talk about the the pinnacle of simplicity, Matt, I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't discuss the the OG controller, not the first ever, but certainly one of the earliest, most memorable is the uh, the Atari joystick, the Atari twenty six hundred, <laughs> a joystick and one button. Yeah, and I absolutely love it. What? For me, a marvel of design, and I know you look at it and say, Sean, that's really simple. I don't even think anyone designed that. I think it just came into being. It's so simple. But you have to remember, video games at this point, you went up, you went down, you went left, you went right, or you selected. You didn't, you didn't, you know, there was no 3D space. You didn't need two joysticks because you couldn't do that many things, period. Um, and I think this idea of having, you know, the button where it's located, where you can hold the base in one hand with your thumb near the button and use your other hand to hold the, the the joystick, of course, based on arcade games. I mean, arcade games had the same, the exact same style of buttons um, and joysticks that, that Atari ended up using, unsurprisingly. Um, I, I give them credit for not overcomplicating it, for keeping it simple and, and iconic and durable. And I don't know, there's just something endearing about it. Um. All right, yeah, I... <laughs> I credit really I, through the lens of history. I guess we can credit it as a good a good uh, start. Um, I am really grateful though to Nintendo for for adding the um, the the D pad. Hmm. Um, but we went back to joysticks. Sure I'm not even 100 percent sure if Nintendo was the first company to incorporate a D pad. It, it, it very well could have been Sega. I'm not sure, but. Um, the D-pad is fantastic. I, I think that the joystick is, you know, it's great. It gives you that wide 360 degree kind of range. But the D-pad is, is, I mean, there's no better option for navigating menus. Um, it's precise. It's a lot more crisp and exact. Not as wide ranging. Sure. Um, yeah, really, really men- I think that's really where the D-pad originated i think it was it was a it was a concept that was born to um help navigate menus but eventually kind of made its way as the primary i mean nintendo wouldn't have a joystick until the n64 um it became almost like the primary mode of of navigation but you know i think i agree with you that i think joystick well, the joystick came back once we added 3D to games, right? And the the, the need to turn and have that 360 view. But I think if, if Atari had come out with a with a with a D pad, it wouldn't have been as good. I, I think well, I think the physicalness of holding no, I, a, a joystick in your whole hand. I think the necessity for the joystick for for a console like Atari was because the world that most of those games were, was built in were they were not really. They were 2D worlds, but they weren't really – they weren't side-scrolling. Well, they were like, arcade games. No, they were – yeah, exactly. They were arcade games. They were – they were uh, They were kind of like you could, you could move almost like a top-down functionality. You could move all over the, the dimensions of the world, whereas in the in Nintendo games, it was mostly flat. It was mostly like 2D. Like I'm thinking of Mario and mm-hmm. – um, you know, all, all of the early Nintendo games, they, it was mostly on a flat space and you really only needed up, down, left and right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but whereas, you know, games like Space Invader or something like that for the Atari, you, you had you had a, a lot more. You had a lot more of a world to navigate, I guess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, well, and look, the. The, the contr- I, I really I think you argue that the controller drives the games maybe not necessarily vice versa although maybe we can have that discussion but you know the usually the hardware comes first and the games come later um and when you Nintendo builds out a d-pad into their controller they make the choice that the, the games are going to have to use that functionality to its best so you know if, if there's a, a a miss between how a controller is designed and how the games are designed you have a really bad experience um because somewhere they're falling short uh, C reference Nintendo Wii. 
um, talk talk about a, a console where the the controller ended up being such a a strangle on the ability to generate exciting and interesting games, um, or at least games competitive with other consoles at the time that I think really hurt really hurt that device um, because the controller put developers in a hard spot when it came to doing games in a way a joystick does not. Yeah. Um, it's hmm. a good point. The Wii sucks. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about, ah, what was it? There was one controller. I'm thinking I'm going through my, in my mind, I'm going through each generation of mm-hmm. consoles. All right. Mm-hmm. So the PlayStation controller has basically stayed the yep. same. Yep. Uh, the Xbox exponential, at least the you know the dramatic change from Xbox to later Xbox to um, current 360, and or rather than current um, the current one Xbox One, that was it. Um, I think another merit of the I'm going to bring up the GameCube controller one last time here. Sure. I, I think that the true like like a great Another thing to merit the GameCube is it was the very first console to feature wireless controller functionality. Very true. Very first one. Um, you have the Wavebird, the Nintendo Wavebird. There you, wow, the, you know your stuff. For the GameCube, indeed. Um, and I'm looking at my PS4 controller, which is, is wireless, mm-hmm. um, but it has an analog for you know, um, putting your console. I remember that was a really big selling point for the GameCube. Was like we have wireless GameCube and wireless controllers, but Xbox was touting their um, their, their easy breakaway mm-hmm. functionality. Yeah. Like if you just pull back on the controller, it would easily break away. Well, and they also. And I remember them jokingly saying, "Yeah, they were joking. They jokingly saying in like an E3 conference that you know if your drunk roommate stumbles into the room, uh, he won't knock your entire console down if he trips over the wire for the controller. You can just easily pull it away and disconnect the entire device." Well, and they um, also they sold well, it with a with a nine foot cord. I mean, that was also a selling point. I mean, they. They, they really made a point to try and solve that problem without going fully wireless. Eventually, they all did. Yeah. Yeah, so see, I, I think that was just Xbox trying to just ignore. I mean, 360 was, was virtually all wireless um, in the next generation. Um. But yeah, you know what? We should really move ourselves here. Let's talk about the Wii versus the 360. Because I mean, for all for all intents and purposes, the PS3 controller was almost exactly the same as the PS2. Um, but really, the the Wii controller and the 360 controller were completely different beasts. Yeah, but I want to times out you here because I don't think that's a fa- that's not an apples to apples comparison. I think we got to compare the Wii controller to the Nintendo Connect. The Connect. The the. The yeah, what was it? The with the sensor bar with Switch? the switch. No, the 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 the, the connect. Remember when you could wave your arms and do shit? The the little sensor oh, bar. Oh yeah, that was the Microsoft Connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I say? Did yeah, I say? You said Nintendo. Oh okay. Well, I meant Microsoft because they came out at, around the same. Yeah. You know, they both had the same concept, right? With with motion being the the primary driver. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, motion sensing controls. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, motion sensor, <laughs> that was almost like the VR of our youth. I mean, I remember, and as we like, we're in high school, I guess they, they, yeah, they, um, that huge motion sensor was huge. Uh, I remember, uh, the Sony kind of like started the whole trend. They, they started it. If you, if you remember, um, they had the very first motion sensor controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning, it was just a regular PlayStation controller, and it was um, adapted to like so. If you're if you're playing a driving game, and whatever way you tilted the controller, like mm-hmm. your controller basically became 
the steering wheel, almost like, you know, like the Wii U, you think for Mario Kart. Um, eventually they devoted an entire controller design that I don't believe was ever released, but I think it was showcased at an E3. Uh, it might have been released, but it really didn't sell well. And it was just, if you just picture like a, like a Wiimote with a giant orb on the top yeah, of it. Yeah, no, they sold those for years, Matt. Did they? Yeah, it used, it used the, the, I know it was the PlayStation okay, I, I was the webcam and I forgot, now I gotta Google what they yeah. called the stick. To be fair, I, I didn't know anybody that bought one, so I assume that maybe just flopped. But they, they, uh, I remember they were quick to retract that. Um, I'm not sure if functionality got in the way, if there were a lot of glitches or I think complications no. with the motion sensors. But it, it, they, they obviously shied away from that in the next generation. Yeah, they were called the PlayStation Move, if you remember that, and um, I think it was a combination of cost and games that didn't use it. I mean, my local Best Buy had them. I mean, you could yeah. anyone could go buy them, but I just think that nobody they bundled the the Connect with um with the with the the Xbox. You didn't have a choice at at, some, at one point to you got it by default, and so I don't. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I also remember. I mean, who can forget the Wii, the original Wii. Uh, motion set they, they really they, they forced motion sensor down your throat i mean at least for microsoft or for sony there were games that didn't use it uh, a plethora of games that didn't use it and eventually both of them shied away from it but the wii kind of devoted their entire concept their entire they're really their entire production line to the to motion sensor gaming mm-hmm. um for better or for worse, mostly for worse. For worse, but no, let's be honest. For oh, worse, yeah, def- almost definitely for worse. Uh, I, I really can't think of. I mean, I I had a little bit of fun. I, I owned a Wii. Um, Wii Sports was kind of fun. It was Matt, a fun little novelty. You Matt, could play with your friends for a couple hours. Let's do a challenge. Can yeah. you name for me five Nintendo Wii games? Just five. Any Exclusively five. for the Nintendo Wii. Um, as long as you don't go for obvious franchises. Oh, well, all right. No, then that that's no way. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with Nintendo. Fran- I'm saying don't just say Call of Duty oh. because no one bought oh, Call okay. of Duty for Wii. That's what I'm saying. No. If, if you can name me five games for Wii people actually bought. Okay. I, I could probably do that. Um, well, you had Wii Sports, but most of that came... I don't know if you'll count that, because that most of those came with the console. I don't give, think anybody was rushing out to buy it. I'll Wii give Sports. you that, so long as you don't count Wii Sports 2 or Wii Sports Resort separately. No. So we'll bundle that. No. Just the Wii Sports package. Sure. Um, you had... Uh, you had Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Yeah. You had... Um, Twilight Princess. Okay. The Zelda game. I think also Wind Waker. Well, we'll just we'll just count them as just the Zelda franchise. Sure. Um, Mario Kart. Yep, yep. You you had a, you had a Mario Kart. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're getting to my I point. Man. point. And the other thing too, I what did all point. of those have in common? Um. They all use motion sensor, but not well. No, they're all Nintendo games. Yes, yes. There's your problem. Nintendo properties, yeah. Bad idea. That don't work. That don't play. I'm telling you, not a good thing. Look, I'm all for innovation in controllers, believe me. And I think so. I think Mario Kart's a great example of a game that's good with motion. Wii Sports is a great game that's good with motion. And that's, that, Wii Sports sold the Wii. If they had just never made Wii Sports, I think they would have sold none of them. I, frankly, that was the the demo that sold it. And if they hadn't bundled it, I think they would have been screwed. Um, but what I I'm disagree. saying, I think for the for the that might be true for the casual gamer. I think they definitely tapped heavily into the casual market. But I think like dedicated Nintendo fans, Brawl was I think really the game that well, sold the Wii. For that. And maybe I should be more specific. You have to remember the Wii was the best selling console. I think is still of all time, or at least was of its generation. I mean, they sold. More no, of these a, than anything else. I, I, I'm going to Google that right now. But um, as we both best I got selling. it. I got it. I got it. I'm rushing to the Google because I would be very, very surprised. Holy crap. 
think you might be right. Hey, I'm always right, Matt. You should know that by now. Oh no, 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 no you're not. You're not. Um, you were no, you were not even close. I'm looking at the best-selling list. console of all time was actually the PlayStation Two. Two. Yeah, they did sell a shit ton of those. And then the the DS. The well, the handheld. DS. I don't want to really count that. Yeah, and then Game Boy right after that, then original PlayStation, then you had the Wii coming in fifth. But I also the fifth selling of all time. But I want to challenge that. Okay, hang on though. Do you know the best selling console of all time in North America? It is the Nintendo DS. Um, but after that is, is that the Nintendo. It's the oh, Nintendo okay. Wii. Okay, so it's second best selling of all time in well, America. All right, I'll buy that because I guess it was, you know, Americans are into that kind of thing. The motion sensor, it was all new and it really did. They really did a good job of tapping into the casual market. I remember we wanted one for my household for months. You couldn't get them. They were were, that that artificial scarcity. They did a better job selling and promoting the Wii than they did making games for it and making a controller that worked. My point is you got to pick out your least favorite controller of all time. Mine is the yeah. Nintendo Wii, because it, it's not a controller; it's a stick with a gyroscope in it. Like it's not, yeah, it's not a good. My cell phone can do what the Wii controller. But Sean, did. It, it had a little, little speaker in it, and Matt. you know, every time you selected your character in Super Smash Brothers, you, you know, it would Pikachu, Pikachu. Actually, I don't hate that idea. Actually, if they wanted to bring that back in like the place <laughs> in the Xbox or something, I wouldn't be opposed. But also remember, think for a second, Matt. Remember the nunchuck. The one little joystick that you had to connect with a wire to the to the Wii nunchuck. I mean, it's just it's Uh, you had to strap it to your wrist so you wouldn't smash your TV. The yeah, I remember, and then they would they'd have the little warnings that would come up before you started. Yeah. (laughs) Warning: You might break your really expensive TV. And people did. Um, (laughs) Yes, there are videos online still to this day that were viral. Um, I remember, you know, you're, you know, you, your controller must be bad if you have to eventually come out with a regular controller to replace the bad controller that you started with. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could eventually Nintendo would release the Wii gamepad and it was, it was like how the controller should have looked all along. Basically, um, it was just a very, very watered down, uh, brick with an actual like joystick and control pad on it. Um, and I think if I, if I still own my Wii today, that would probably be the, uh, my, my controller of choice. The, the nunchuck was just, yeah, like you said, it was, it was ambitious. It was very ambitious, but it just, just did not, it was just not practical. What I like about the new Nintendo switch. And of course I don't own one. I haven't played one. Uh, it's not even out yet, but is the fact that it keeps some of the motion controls while still allowing you to play like a normal console. Like, I don't have a problem with motion controls. I really I really don't. I think Mario Kart's a great example of a game that makes sense with motion. Wii Sports, great game with motion. Um, but the majority of video games don't play that way. So don't make that your primary means of data input. That brings me to the, uh, the Microsoft uh, Connect, which, cool technology, interesting idea, not surprised it never caught on because that's just not how people play video games. It just right. it's, it's the same reason those stupid little smart cars haven't caught on in the U.S. It's like we just do things the way we do them for a reason. And, and I think if they really had something that really could have shattered the glass ceiling, like really could have like like broke broken the mold with motion sensors, like then what, I think though? it would have caught on. But it really didn't. Like what? Like there was nothing. The Kinect really had no, it had no, um, it, it really just like, it, it kind of, it tested the like things you could do with motion sensors and it, it, uh, it showcased all the different things you could do, but it didn't, it, like none of them were fun. It didn't, there was nothing really like incredibly exciting about, oh, like, wow, like this is the, this is the new way we're going to play from but, now on. But Matt, let me ask you then, if the technology was perfect, what would you want it to do in a perfect world? 
I think it would, I mean, in a perfect world, I'd, I'd really want it to be VR. I'd want it to be motion censored, but I, I, I would take that one step further and I'd want it, I'd want to see the, the world around me that I'm well, experiencing. That's, but, well, and I, I agree with you to some maybe, degree. Maybe it was an important step in the, in the, in the oh. direction of VR, but from a sales perspective, it did not, it was not a, uh, not a, a smart one. Well, it's a, it's the exact same reason a, a couple years ago, everyone was trying voice controls for televisions where you could shout at your TV to turn down the volume and change the channel and it never caught on. And you know why? Because no one wants to shout at their TV in the same way. No one wants to get up and move when they're playing video games. Will that change someday? Maybe. I just think adding one small feature like that doesn't change the world. You have to, you're right. VR, you have to totally rewrite the experience for motion. You can't just take a Call of Duty and say, well, now you can hold up a gun and your character holds up a gun. Like, that's not, like, uh, interesting enough. I do give the Wii credit. Again, if the Wii had been 50 bucks, just came with Wii Sports and Mario Kart, I wouldn't be bitching about it. I would say that's a, that's a cool little gizmo that's fun when friends come over, but I'm not committed to it. The problem is everyone bought one at whatever it was, 200 250 bucks. It's and now it's sitting on everyone's shelves collecting dust. Everyone used it for five minutes and then forgot about it because it wasn't fun. It didn't have any games, and it was weird. And then of course, then they double down on it with the Wii U, which is let's take the Wii, which nobody likes, and strap a crappy iPad to it, and boom, Wii U. Like I, I just, it, it, I, I just, I don't. I, I guess you got to credit them with trying new things. And Nintendo's historically always done that, but I just, I don't, Innovation. I don't. I don't know how you ever make that work. I really, I think each each company really kind of innovates in a different way. Nintendo innovates with the experience of their games, but they're not very original when it comes to game ideas. Sure. Uh, you you have your, they've been beating the same franchises to death since 1991, and they make a lot um, of money doing it. Yeah, um, but that well is starting to run dry and he, and you see them even moving into different mediums. You have Mario, um, Mario run was just yeah. recently released and that's a, a cross mobile platform. Um, you have, all right. So that's Nintendo is kind of like, like their, their ideas people, but their, but their ideas when it comes to how we play our games, then you have a company like Sony, which are, are known for really great, gripping games great story great playing experiences great um but but really i mean they you know like we like said before they've kept the same controller since the ps1 yeah. since 1995 so i mean uh you know they they go the different route they go for we're going to put all of our time and energy investing in in great stories and 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 uh Buying, you know, great producers and, and hiring great um, voice actor. They, they they really put their time and attention to the games itself themselves. Um, and Halo, I mean, Xbox. I'm getting ahead of myself with Halo. Xbox is kind of a company, or Microsoft is kind of a company that, in their consoles, meshes the two. Mm-hmm. Um, they they they're 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 uh, they have their tried and true franchises like Halo. Um, that they're going to keep relying on, but they also, you know, you have, you have your fresh games, you have your, your, uh, neat ideas, not really too many exclusives. They're not really into the exclusivity. Um, they were a company that really tried to break into the online market very early and try yeah. to get like the on- online experience. So see, even there, they're selling a different experience. All three of the companies, the triumvirate that make up that triumvirate of video games are selling experiences in different ways. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens with this new generation well, of consoles. Uh, and, and that's kind of where I we're, we're, we're running very extremely short on time, actually. We're basically at an hour. But um, I want to end by talking about the future. The future. Um, because I, I, I just think, like, where is there innovation left in the video game world? And is controllers that space. And, and I, I really question if there is room left, you know, it, it, it have, have we reached, you know, there are certain things that you can stop innovating, right? Cars still have four wheels. And they still have engines. And, you know, there are just some things we're not, and, you know, sometimes you just reach a point where you don't need to innovate anymore, sadly. Um, and I'm kind of at the point where I almost have to argue for what they do today with games today and with the living room experience, quote unquote, today, 
I don't know if controllers can really get any better than they are today. And I think that's why you've seen PlayStation stay the same for as long. Xbox, you know, maybe a few tweaks really has stayed the same since the Xbox 360 a decade ago. Um, you're even seeing Nintendo going back to the dual joystick concept. So I, I don't know if there's room left in, in the controller space. I think there's room left in, in IP, in, in the games themselves, in creative ideas. I think there's going to be a lot of movement in PC gaming, and I think some of that will be controller-based. A lot of that will be mouse and keyboard-based, but I don't think that will make obviously make its way to the living room because that's not a great experience there. Um, but I just think controllers are at a point where I don't think we'll see something new for quite a while. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Um... I don't know. I, I I still like to believe, especially from Nintendo. I think it, for those of you that are hoping for new and innovative controller experiences, I, I would look no further than Nintendo. They they seem like they they're never going to be comfortable with with um, one particular style of gamepad. And it seems like it's kind of in their mission to kind of innovate uh, the gaming experience. Uh, like I just mentioned, they, they don't really, it doesn't really seem like they care too much about the content of the game itself, but more how you play the game. And so to me, I think that's where they're really investing is, I mean, you look at the Wii U and it had a tablet functionality. Uh, there's, I think they can really explore that option. What if you took that tablet and shrunk it into almost like a, like the size of a, of a phone? And then made that into a controller. I think they can. I think that there there are still places they can go. Um, and I think maybe with the next, not with the the switch, but maybe in the next generation, unless they figure out that you know, maybe the switch sells like hotcakes, which is a strong possibility mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft's announcement or Microsoft's release of the Scorpio is still more of the same. You know, about seven or eight months away. Um, Sony's release of their next console hasn't even been announced yet. Mm-hmm. So, at least to my knowledge. So I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see where where uh, where the future of gaming goes. I mean, we won't have a new a new Nintendo for quite a while. Sure. The Switch is just about. We're on the eve of the Switch release. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will see. Switch controller is interesting. Um, uh, are you are you going to get one, Matt? This one, you know, snaps in half. Like, mm-hmm. who 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 always wanted a controller that could snap in half? I didn't. That's for sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really understand it, but I mean, it's Nintendo. Nintendo being Nintendo. Hey, look, they're keeping it fun. So I believe me, I'm not going to tell them to stop. I'm I'm. They can keep promise they're going to go out of business at some point. They've lost a lot of money over the last couple of years on the Wii U. So. Hopefully the switch will turn it around. We'll see, but uh, but we're gonna have to leave it there. I think, yeah, yeah. I think really what they have to do is they they got to learn from Sony and they've got to learn from Microsoft. Games don't they don't they're not they it, this is not 1989 anymore. They're not paying for the experience. They're paying for the games. Like Absolutely. you really have to innovate and make good games for mm-hmm. if you want people to buy your console. But I hopefully honest- they. That list. I think that's why uh, uh, an ever-increasing portion of the video game space is going to be PC because for me, that's where game innovation is happening. It's it's not it's not really happening oh, on the consoles, you know. And and if and if the point we're going to leave it with no here is, it. is is that game innovation is where it's at, PC is where it's at. Totally, the indie indie market is it's all on PC. Now, the question I want to leave you guys with, um. Which controller do you game on when you game on PC? Are you a mouse and keyboard person? Do you use a uh, do you use the Steam gamepad? Do you use the uh, you know do you use a, do you use a, a mainstream controller like I do, like the PS4? I, I have my USB Xbox controller that I use, my wired one, because I'm too cheap to get the wireless one. <laughs> yeah. But let us know. Hey, look, um, we, we've, we've got our opinions, but we want to hear yours, too. Yeah, totally. So let us know. Always. You can uh, do that in a lot of ways. Remember, if you contact us, we want show ideas, your feedback. You'll be entered to win a tote bag. 508-644-TECH is the phone number. That's 508-644-8324. Leave us a voicemail. You can also email us at upfordebatetv at gmail.com. 
or tweet at us, Up for Debate TV on Twitter. Um, lastly, want to remind everybody, of course, our website, upfordebate.tv. Go there. It's got all the links to the things I just told you, plus the places you can subscribe, like on YouTube for the video, uh, and uh, the audio on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, you name it, we're there. Um, you can check us out, of course. Uh, we do this live uh, Thursday nights, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central, on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash TV. Go like the page, and then it lets you know when we're live, which is the best way to view it. So, um, Matt, we are going to have to end it there. Yeah. Good discussion. Great discussion. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. On behalf of Matt, this is Sean, thanking each and every one of you for hanging out with us this evening and hoping you had a... As fun of a time as we did, and we'll hope to see you next time for even more great discussion here on Up for Debate. <laughs>